Hey there, welcome to MedTech Africa, the podcast where we showcase digital health and health technology innovations from across Africa. My name is Sam Oti, and I'm your host. In today's episode, we have Elizabeth Adishina, the CEO and founder of Wazima Health, a digital health company that provides telemedicine, remote patient monitoring, and health education services through their platform. Their primary goal is to ensure access to affordable and effective treatment for non-communicable diseases across Africa. Knowing my passion for NCD prevention and treatment, this podcast episode is dedicated to exploring the work of Azima Health. Please join me on this journey with your extremely enterprising CEO. Hello, Elizabeth. Welcome to MedTech Africa. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I've been getting a lot of guests from London lately, and I know you're there. How is it at the moment? London is always great. We've just had the merriment of the coronation of the new king, Charles III. The weather has been up and down, quite mixed. Today is not so great, but we always live in hope the sun may come out later. Indeed, indeed. And I was quite devastated that I wasn't invited to the coronation. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, it's great. It's really great to, to have you on the show. So look, we're going to be talking about Wazima Health, and you're going to be telling us all about how you came about starting this amazing startup, which I've heard a lot about. But first of all, let's hear a bit about yourself and how you got involved in digital health. Thank you so much. So for me as a pharmacist, I sort of had interest in the healthcare sector for as long as, you know, I can remember. I also have a a business and finance degree from the King's College in London. So I think somewhere along the line in my past, there was a marrying of the business and the healthcare. I think many years ago, 15, between 15 and 18 years ago, as part of my healthcare journey, I started to work on various projects with the World Health Organization and the UN in Sub-Saharan Africa. You know, it was my first experience really working in Sub-Saharan Africa. I saw that compared to what obtains in, in the UK, where I'm usually based, the healthcare system had a lot of holes and a lot of gaps, you know. So I was figuring out how am I going to address these this issues that I see. And the first experience I had of setting up my own business in, in sub-Saharan Africa was in the pharmaceutical sec- sector. I set up my own brand, Wholesale Pharmaceutical Company, which I ran for over 10 years. Whilst I was doing that, I realized that there was a need for partnerships with the entire sort of healthcare ecosystem, and that the the issues within the healthcare went sort of deeper than than the pharma, like making quality drugs and medicines available to to as many people as possible. So it was then I started to figure out how am I going to um, address the wider issues, and digital health seemed like an option at the time in the mid. 2000s, I think technology and internet 
penetration was just coming up across many countries. I just started to watch it. And I think by 2016, when I realized this could work, technology could be a way with the internet being a part of that to give people access to, to healthcare. So for instance, I, whilst I was running my pharma business, I managed a lot of sort of philanthropic projects where we would give medicines free and a lot of it was around oncology, so cancer care. A lot of women would come to clinic really late, stage three, stage four cancer, whereas when you're in the West, cancer is usually most of the time picked up a lot earlier. And when I would just ask, but why have you left it so late? The answers and responses from the patients were usually centered around access, access costs. So I started to think there's something there. And here we are today. Um, in terms of me and my passion for, for entrepreneurship, it's just really about solving problems. I've done it for years in various other sectors in the UK. I ran a, a children's home, care home for some years and so on, a recruitment agency. So I've just always enjoyed finding gaps and, and trying to fill the gaps. You sound like a very dynamic and versatile person. And, and I often say this, that, that when, I, when I was launching this podcast, I was determined to ensure that the voices of women, entrepreneurs, women in tech, uh, was heard loudly <laughs> on, on the podcast. You. Because we, we don't have enough, I feel like we don't have enough representation of women in this space. So really good on you and, and great that great to hear the amazing things that you're doing. So that, that takes us into your company, which we're here to talk about, and that's Wazima Health. First of all, what does Wazima mean? How did you come about that name? Yeah, so that's an interesting story. When we launched in 2016, we were under a different brand name. But because we're entirely Africa-focused, the, the previous brand name was IDHS Healthwise. It was a mouthful, and it was difficult to remember because keywords were very common. I think after we'd launched for a year, we got feedback from our customers and users, and we wanted to be more Afrocentric. We wanted to be more relatable. Wazima is a Swahili word for healthy. So now people remember our name and, you know, it, it, it was voted, you know, sort of had a poll with our users, a couple of other options. And I think Wazima was a, a favorite. Got it. So, I mean, obvious, the, the obvious next question is, what is Wazima all about? Right. We have continued to evolve as a health tech company that is entirely Africa focused. I would say that who we are today is a, a digital screening, digital health screening and telemedicine company. So we provide patients and, and their families with access to more affordable early screening for to access to diagnosis to doctors so that they're able to conveniently manage their health and access care. So we're providing access to diagnosis and health management through connecting patients, families to doctors and the healthcare ecosystem. 
two things stand out, access, affordability, convenience. So let's unpack that a bit. First of all, where where is Wazima currently available? What kind of services are available and to whom? So as a company, I think as we've evolved, we now prioritize non-communicable diseases, so the NCDs, and also women's health. As a company, we are now working and live in Nigeria, in Mozambique, in Ghana, and Tanzania this year is a new country for us. We're excited to be going live and launching there. And also Kenya, we're working on at the moment. And Rwanda is is another opportunity. We do various projects already in a couple of other countries like Guinea, but not have been sort of launched in there fully. Got it. So how does one access your service? So I'm guessing it's it's an app. Is it subscription-based? Is it pay-for-service? How, how does it work? So we are a digital platform. We're web-based at the moment. The apps have been built. You want to access a doctor, for instance, or you know, other healthcare providers, or you need access to a hospital that's local to you, then you would land on our website, wazima.health. From there, you can sign up, create an account, and from your dashboard, you can access the, the, the range of healthcare providers and healthcare ecosystem. What we have started to do since last year with our screening devices, which work within the the area of NCDs and women's health, including things like monitoring, monitoring devices for blood pressure, for sugar, for diabetes, for temperature, and so on, oxygen saturation, colposcope for cervical cancer screening. These devices can be used locally within a patient's home environment or community setting the data and the reports from it are transmitted through their mobile device in real time, shared with their healthcare provider, who is able to screen the reports and the results, the data, and then do a diagnosis remotely in that way. So whilst they're in their home environment, conveniently using the devices, the data and the reporting can be transmitted to a doctor or healthcare provider who is remote at another location. So the screening still takes place, diagnosis can take place, and then the, you know, the, the, the care can then happen because, of course, within our telemedicine software, we have various modules like the electronic health records, online teleconferencing. So there's meeting rooms where Patients and doctors can have a video call, a text or an audio call, and the doctor can, after the consultation, do a triage or a referral. So they can issue a prescription, have that sent to a pharmacy of choice, or they can request a, a more detailed, invasive diagnostic screening, like a blood, blood work, a blood test which can then be sent and requested from a diagnostic center and so on. So not only do we work with the doctors and other healthcare professionals, we also partner with the 
healthcare ecosystem. So the pharmacies, the diagnostic centers, the hospitals, the clinics, and so on. Got it. And, and I'm particularly interested in, in the devices you talked about, the screening devices. Tell us a bit more about, about those. How do your patients get them? Are these devices you've developed yourself? Are you partnering with some suppliers? How, how, how does that work? So we work with partners. Part of our model, our business model, is partnerships. We, we believe that the challenges within the healthcare sector across Sub-Saharan Africa certainly needs the hands of the different players to be linked. So, so we actively seek out and are open to partnerships where there is alignments. So we partner with technology companies that develop various products that we have observed are in need within our user base, our customer sectors. Two of these partners, for instance, provide, have developed products that would, you know, we've sort of partnered with them to develop products uniquely to serve our customer base. Um, one of these is an all-in-one product that's able to screen for five different healthcare conditions. So diabetes, hypertension to do the blood pressure, oxygen saturations, able to check temperature and the EKG in one device. These devices are for personal use. So they're small, they're portable, they can be bought at a, at a reasonable cost by the user. They, there's an app connected to the device which is installed onto your mobile device, your phone, your tablet and so on. Once you've done this, say you check your temperature, you check your blood pressure, the information goes to the app in real time using Bluetooth, you can share the results with your doctor. So that can be done through text, SMS, instant messaging and so on, or through our, our software where you can then you know, request to see a doctor because it will warn you if your blood pressure is above a certain range, it will flag up that it's high and recommend that you see the doctor. So at the same time as getting that sort of feedback, you're able to book an appointment to see a doctor. There's that type. It's for personal use. It's portable and it's used within the community. There's the other type, which again, through a, our partner, have developed a, a box that has about 15 different screening tools. These include high-resolution camera, otoscope, dermoscope, colposcope. So there's, there's a range of different devices. These toolbox we actually provide to hospital or healthcare providers. And the great thing about them is they're it's a portable box that's got wheels. And we're now beginning to work with government to introduce them into community settings so that people are able to come in without the need for large, bulky equipment to be able to screen for basic things, including like ultrasound, for instance. So we have a small portable ultrasound within the kit. So that's just a couple. We continue to expand the portfolio because we are determined to make it easier, cheaper, because again, with, with our options, the cost of screening takes the, the cost to the patient last mile right down. 
which is something where we're quite proud to be able to do. Amazing stuff. So I'm sure there must be some learning curve that the patients have to face when, when using these this portable home devices. How, what has been your experiences or what kind of feedback are you getting from the patients? What kind of support are they receiving from you to, to, or, or from your partners to, to navigate the use of those devices? Absolutely. Brilliant question. Indeed, because even with those who are highly educated, I think in terms of technology across many countries in, in sub-Saharan Africa, there's still a, a ways to go. So what we we did last year, because last year was the first year of trialing the, the screening devices, we worked with community healthcare workers. So these are nurses, usually most of them were nurses, but even though they don't have to be, and they were able to provide, take the devices into community settings to those users who we had identified who had NCDs and so on, and signed up to, to be part of the, the trial. And they were able to provide the, the support. This year in rolling it out fully, we you know, rolling out videos, you know, like online support, call support, just to help people answer the, you know, questions they have. And of course, within each box, there is a manual, there's a user manual that's got diagrams and should make it fairly easy to to, to use. And which is another thing that we, we factored in the design of the device is that they're able to use, that they're easy to use, sorry. So the feedback has been quite positive. But whilst we trialed it last year, we deployed the community healthcare workers to be part of the, the pilot. Got it. So, so let's switch gears a bit. I, I know you've won a couple of awards. Let's talk about some of the business and perhaps professional wins that you've had so far. Yes, we, we're really, really, should I say proud to say that despite having literally bootstrapped from the beginning up until now, we've served over 300,000 users. We have been able to identify from the data we have that a large majority of our users are women, close to 65% are women. We're trying to dig deeper to understand the data, why, why more women, perhaps, I, I guess it goes back to other data that seems to indicate that women seek healthcare, medical intervention earlier than perhaps men do. We have helped to diagnose over 16,000 cases of NCDs, so whether it's hypertension or diabetes and so on. We continue to see managed patients coming through our services and our solutions of over 65,000 per, per month recurring. We, we're screening a lot of patients, even outside of the, the digital space using the other offering that we provide, which are the rapid diagnostic test kits, which are not a digital tool per se. So yeah, we've, we've done a lot. We, we provide a majority of the patients who the doctors prescribe for on Wazima, we are able to then give them access to, to medicines as well through the partnerships with the pharmaceutical and pharmacy sectors that we had. We form 
a number of partnerships, over a hundred of them, including more recently a partnership that we we formed with a telecoms company that offer satellite communications. So with this, we're looking already, having conversations to be able to roll out medicine services to the more remote and harder to reach parts of Africa. So we're we're quite pleased, we're glad of the opportunities that we've had and, and we continue to grow. Very impressive numbers and progress you've made so far. I was reading an interview online you granted, I think, a couple of years ago. And at the time, I think you were only in Nigeria. And now you've mentioned a number of countries that, that you've rolled out to and then continue to do so. But I'm sure it hasn't been easy. So let's talk about some of the challenges you faced along the way. What is keeping you up at night? Yes, they're, they're, I, I tend to sleep well at night because at the end of the day, I stay, always say to myself, <laughs> once it's done, I've done my best. I go to bed. I, I don't stay awake at all. But in terms of challenges, for sure, generally, I would say two key things always stick out. And those would be access to the talent. As we've scaled from country within country and from country to country, it's finding the right talent. And the other thing would be financial resources. The way that we've tackled the first part with the talent is, fortunately, our team is what we call lean and mean. So they're a, we're a small, committed, dedicated team that believes in the vision. Uh, we continue to take our time to recruit and add to the team. In terms of the financial aspect, last year, we went out and raised for the first time. We're currently in the middle of fundraising as well, actually. But we, we've literally just bootstrapped. As the CEO and founder, I have, you know, I have sacrificed as well just to make sure that we continue to go forward, which, which we have and we continue to do. So, uh, yeah, those are the, the two sort of challenges that stick out. Well, I hope your sacrifices continue continue to pay off. Nothing good comes easy. So keep up the good work. Look, there, there's a section or, or a segment I want to introduce to the podcast, a new segment, and it's going to switch things up a little bit. We are calling it the rapid fire section. <laughs> I have briefed you already, so <laughs> you're great. pretty much aware. <laughs> so just a couple of questions, rapid answers. I hope you're ready. Right. Let's go for it. <laughs> All right, let's go. So tell me, name one book and author that has inspired your entrepreneurship journey so far? I think very early on, and I, I always remember it, was the book by Richard Branson, and it was Just Do It. Ah. He's, he's one of my mentors. He literally built his business, which has a, a number of different you know, verticals from scratch. Yeah, it's an amazing book. I've, I, I've actually read that book. All right. Next question. If you could bring back to life any global icon, who would that person be and why? Oh, it would be Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, wow. Because he, he was fearless. He paid an, the ultimate price for what he believed 
And what so many, perhaps decades later, you know, I think a lot of us are reaping the dividends of that. So to me, I would really love to just have a conversation with him face to face. He 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 is one of the my my faves, actually. Great choice. Great choice. What is the worst advice anyone has given to you in your entrepreneurship journey? Oh, health tech is never going to work in Africa. Go do something else. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas laughing now. It, All right. Uh, exactly, what is the best advice? Right. Yeah. Best advice is and, and was keep going, keep growing, keep observing. And it was just it was just one of those you would experience things, you would learn from them, and you would grow through them, which is a lesson that I think we've taken forward at Wazima Hill. I love that. I love that. Well, yeah. Elizabeth, it's been great having you on the show. So as we close, what next for Wazima Hill? What is your vision for the next couple of years? We're excitedly looking forward to continue to grow, scaling the, the company within the countries and expanding into more and growing our partnerships and the portfolio of those screening devices and looking forward to the day where our devices are in majority of hospitals and, and medical facilities across Africa and the personal screening devices in the hands of, of most families, most homes that I'm looking very much towards. That's a great dream. That's a great vision. <laughs> well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for your, for your time. And uh, you talked about scaling up in Kenya as well. Well, if you ever happen to be in Nairobi, please look me up. I will do. I'll take you up on that. We're there in a month's time anyway in June. So oh, um, I will be in touch. Fantastic. <laughs> all right. All right. Keep in touch. And thank you so much for being the show. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. MedTech Africa is produced and hosted by Sam Oti and co-edited by yours truly, Veronica Sander Ochiambo. The goal of MedTech Africa is to provide a platform for showcasing digital health and health tech innovations across the African continent. Please reach out to us if you have any thoughts on this episode or recommendations of African health innovators that you'd like us to host on the show. You can find our contact details in the episode show notes. Finally, be sure to subscribe to MedTech Africa on your preferred podcast platform. And if you have a moment, please leave us a great review because it really helps other people to find the show. Thanks again for listening and we hope you join us in our next episode.